In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this is a special episode. We have added a third chair, and for good reason, because we have a lot to discuss. It is our former teammate, a damn good dog, a Georgia great, Tavares King. Record-setting wide receiver from the University of Georgia. All-around great guy. Thrilled to be joined by TK. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron's at Aaron Murray 11 Tavares is at what, TK? At TK12? At TKing12? TK Uno Dose. TK Uno Dose. How did I forget that? Awesome. And then head on over to puntandpass.com. Everything you need for all of college football. Look, when we do these roundup shows, we usually talk about the games that we previewed. We usually go over our picks. We usually give a slight look into the following week or the, the, the coming up week. Excuse me. Not today. Georgia just got absolutely manhandled by Alabama. They lost 41 to 24. They got skunked in the third quarter. Nothing's really good in Bulldog Nation, so we brought TK in to talk about the offensive woes. Aaron's going to discuss from his perspective, and I will bring you my perspective. So once again, Tavares, thanks so much for joining us. Aaron, man, the dogs got absolutely blasted. What a great start. What a great first half. And then they just ended up laying over and letting Alabama pet them on the belly. What what do we always say with Alabama? I mean, it's a four-quarter football game. I mean, how many times does this have to happen to the University of Georgia before they realize that you can never be happy at the end of the first quarter, at halftime, third quarter, with a minute to go? (laughs) You can never feel good until you're in the locker room knowing you won the football game against the Crimson Tide. It's just – it's it's unfortunate. I mean, what was the crazy stat? When's the last time an SEC East team beat Alabama? It's been like – 2010. Steven Garcia yeah, in South Carolina. He smokes. I mean, it just uh, – it, it was unfortunate because it was a good game there in the first half. I mean, obviously, you saw a lot of jitters, I think, from both sides. Uh, yeah. Some early mistakes. But, you know, it seemed like everyone really settled in um, towards the end of that second quarter. And even Gary Danielson said it coming into the second half. It's like, man, that was that was great football. It oh, was yeah. a heavy fight, pound for pound, punch for punch. These dudes are going at it. Uh, a lot of great plays on both sides of the football. And all of a sudden, things just completely crumbled there, unfortunately, for the dogs in the second half. So, you know, the good thing is, you know, we'll say it, and, and, and I still believe it's true right now based on the way the East looks. 
there's going to be a rematch. There's yeah. going to be a rematch in Atlanta, and we'll see what each team looks like by, by then. All right, TK, again, thanks so much for joining us. If you listen to Punt and Pass on Thursday, I lost a bet to my wife. Jackie went to Alabama. She got to come on and give her thoughts. And what did she say, Aaron? She said Bama by two touchdowns. That's pretty much exactly what happened. It was halftime, and we're sitting there enjoying each other's company. And she looked over at me, TK, and she said, George is leading. We got him right where we want him. And I go, oh, she got me there. I go, there really ain't much to say. Give me your quick thoughts, TK, then we'll dive into this thing. Man, she wasn't lying. Kind of like Aaron said, it was it was great first half of football. Like you guys said, man, a great, complete game on both sides of the ball. We were playing pretty well. Obviously, a few ebbs and flows here and there. But for the most part, bro, we were playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, man, it just it just all crumbled. It all really crumbled. Um, we were going down there. Uh, drop passes hurt mm-hmm. us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, our quarterback was thrown at the back of our O-line's head. Yep. Um, so I mean, I mean, there was there was just there were some things that were going on that we got to get fixed. I think there's some things that we could do to help those. Um, but but out wide, man, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. We got to be better out wide for sure. We got to we got to help that guy. All right, so let's just go ahead and, and break this thing down. Essentially, quarter by quarter. That's what everybody wants to hear. First play of the game. Dogs come out, Azizo Jalari whoops ass, just absolutely runs over Forrest all the tight end, sacks Mac Jones, the ball gets tipped up, LeCount intercepts it, I'm like, let's go. I mean, Georgia put their foot down, we're not afraid, we're coming out swinging, essentially the best thing that could possibly happen. Two plays later, Stetson gets the ball batted down, that was more so a lucky play, a great heads up play by the D lineman for snagging that, but Aaron, as a quarterback... First play of the game, sack, fumble, interception, whatever you want to call it. Third play of the game, ball gets batted down another another interception. From a mentality standpoint, is it kind of like take a deep breath, okay, we just traded off, there's still 15 minutes left in the first quarter? Well, I mean, let's just go to not even before this game started, but all the other games that went on Saturday in college football, it was sloppy. Yeah. And there was a lot of sloppy quarterback play. I sent a tweet out about some of these dudes obviously thought it was, it was SEC football was easy. And you can go out there and score 40 or 50 points a game, and then all of a sudden defense has got a little pissed off and decided to show up and play football. So I'm like, man, finally are we going to see a, a more of a defensive football game? And that's after the first few plays of the game. You thought that, like, okay, finally. We know Georgia's the lead on defense. We know Alabama has dudes on that side of the football. They just got to play better, and they got to play better as a unit. Uh, so I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a little bit lower scoring. Uh, and offenses are going to have to put their pants on, big boy pants on to be able to move the ball up and down the football field. So I thought the first quarter, like I said earlier, was was ideal for both teams. I mean, this is, this is you know, college game day was there. It was CBS 8 o'clock yeah. prime time. This is two versus three. Uh, there, there's a lot. And obviously both teams were heading into the game with a lot of question marks, a lot of commotion about Saban. Obviously the return of Saban comes Saturday. I mean, it was a drama. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, the amount of drama going into this football game, and then you talk about the first five plays of the game. I mean, it was soap opera kind of stuff going on. It was entertaining. It was fun. Um, and like I said, I think everyone just needed to take a breather, settle in. And you saw that kind of throughout the first quarter and, and, and heading into the second quarter. All right, TK. Uh, if you're watching the game, obviously you usually have your phone in hand. You're following along on Twitter. You get the back and forth, the immediate emotional reactions. And, and as Stetson started off, couple of balls got batted down at the line of scrimmage. Everybody knows Stetson's five foot eleven. That might even be a bit generous from a from a height standpoint. But 
he has been doing what he's been doing, and the fans, okay, you listening, have loved Stetson through three games, okay? Everything's great. Everybody's in la-la land. He comes in and saves the day versus Arkansas. They run over Auburn. They push around Tennessee. Stetson has game day pieces about him. That's how it goes in football. You go from zero to hero in one game, but... When those things happen, TK, talk to me from a wide receiver's perspective. Are you like, come on, man, you got to roll outside the pocket, deliver us to football, give somebody a chance out here? Well, bro, I mean, again, playing with a dude that was five, five, I think I said today. <laughs> Murray? <laughs> yeah, he's just talking smack on the <laughs> I know the struggles, bro, of, of him having to see over bigger guys. Yeah. I understand. So, how many oh, balls did I get to TK? How many times are you like, damn, Murray, stop throwing the ball in the back of my never? Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen it. But but that being said, I think there's ways that we can help him. Yeah. Um, I, I like Stetson, man. I, I don't think he's a he's gonna do things that's gonna make people just turn their heads and do and just be like, whoa, oh shit. Yeah. But I like the kid. I think he can manage the game and be somebody that that's successful for us. That being said, we got to put him in situations to do so. He can't sit behind six, five, yeah. six, six, six guys and and be comfortable. We got to roll him out of the pocket, man. We got to do things for him. But you the man. You got to make that shit happen. Yeah. Bro. You got to so make it happen. I got something to say about this I've seen it done. Yeah, I, I agree with you, TK. You know, you know what the issue is? I mean, people talk about, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people where you said it, Drew, people are on the, the, the Stetson Bennett fan, you know, on top Hype of train. the bus. They're excited. They're pumped. This kid uh, is winning football games, and now we want to hate him. And now everyone's saying, oh, well, we knew he was limited. We knew that he, you know, he could only go so far and take this team so far, yada, yada, yada. And that goes back to my original statement from four weeks ago when we were kind of breaking down and figuring out who the starting quarterback for Georgia was going to be. And I said on this show, and I said on my show on, on SEC, on Sirius XM, I said, Dwan Mathis is a kid that has incredible talent. He's and a kid incredible upside. Just, just got to suck it up and understand that there's going to be bumps and bruises in the road early on. Yes. But the, the ceiling is so high, man. Like this kid has so much potential to be really good later in the season. And what I say, I said, listen, if Dewan's the guy and you make it to week four, things may not look good against Alabama, but I guarantee you the next time they play Alabama, he's going to be a 10 times better quarterback For because sure. he's going to get better each and every week. And now people are starting to say, oh, well, Stetson, he's reached his peak. He can't get any better. And obviously we need to find a new solution where I still go back to the very first game and they should have just let Dewan learn, get better, because even in that game, same thing. That first quarter was not on the quarterback. People love to blame the quarterback, but they couldn't run the football. Yeah. There was a ton of penalties going on. But what do you do? You blame Dwan Mathis. What do you do this past weekend when the things aren't going well for the offense? You blame Setson Bennett. It's yeah. unfortunate for the position. Um, and, and at the end of the day, the coaches just got to stick to their guns. If they knew Dwan was going to be good and Dwan was going to need some work, which I talked to that staff two weeks before during the scrimmage. They said, listen, this kid has the potential to be really good. Yeah. We just keep working with him. He needs to play football. And unfortunately, they didn't want to stick it out. They took one quarter and decided to move on to, to, to Stetson. So um, it, it's a crazy world being a quarterback. You don't get a lot of time. I mean, look at the NFL. These guys get one, two years. And mm-hmm. if you don't pan out that short amount of time, you get the hook and you're gone. I mean, look at the kid for Washington. Yeah. He played well. They didn't win. And now he's on the bench. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's just crazy times. I think the coaches listen too much to the outside noise. Um, and they just don't want to take the time to develop because it's a, it's a unique position. 
And you can't expect every quarterback just to show up day one and be all SEC, all American. It just doesn't work like that. I, I agree with you 100%. You had you did say that right after the Arkansas game. Hey, guys, you got to give him more time. The kid hasn't played competitive football, tackle football in three, four years, coming off a of brain surgery. Give him more time. You couldn't run the ball. The offensive line looked like shit against Arkansas. And now what are we learning? Arkansas right now may be Georgia's best win. I mean, seriously, yeah. Arkansas, who was supposed to be the worst team in the SEC heading into the season, is showing some real courage. They're really playing well. They just dismantled um, – who they play this past weekend? They um, – who? Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, they beat Ole Miss. They, yeah. Ole Miss couldn't even score. I mean, I Arkansas is good. One of the best offenses in the, co- in the country. I want to give a lot of credit to Todd Munkin, and this is not sarcastic. I thought Todd Munkin had a great game plan coming out of the yep. gates. Got, got Alabama off guard. He got Alabama wanting to stop the run immediately, was getting Stetson outside. They were driving the ball up and down the field. Hell, they scored 24 points. They weren't turning the ball over. Obviously, the first pick was what it was, but... I think things started to change, Aaron, right around halftime, going back and forth. Nobody's getting points. Bama gets the ball back right before half, and 2020 has been a crazy year, okay, for a lot of different reasons. But when Bama trots out a kicker before halftime and he nails down a 50-plus-yard field goal, you know shit's yeah. hitting the fan. And that was a huge momentum term, okay? Georgia did get the ball back after the second half. But, Aaron, you said on Thursday – Georgia's game plan needs to be end every drive with a kick. Punt, field goal, extra point. Do not turn the ball over. Georgia was doing an okay job with that. When the second half came around and Georgia started turning the ball over, look, you turn the ball over three times in one half against anybody, against Vanderbilt, you might lose that football game. You do it against Alabama, you will get your ass beat, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's let's jump into a little bit of this. You know, I, I had some heated debates going on on the Twitter world because yes. I, I I put out there that you know Georgia is going to struggle this year. I don't care who the quarterback is because of the receivers outside. And not struggle in a sense where these guys can't score, but struggle in the sense that they you know people want Alabama, they want LSU of last year, they want these high powered offenses. Florida this year, Ole Miss this year, uh, but Georgia's just not built like that. Georgia's recruited. And be like, oh, well, they've recruited and they've had one of the top classes for the past four or five years, yada, yada, But the type of guys they're bringing in are very defensive-minded, great offensive linemen, big running backs, and bigger possession-type receivers. Yes. Like, they, they're not built to be explosive. I mean, you turn on and watch Alabama, these dudes on that side of the football, and TK is going to jump into it with us, are explosive receivers. And, oh. and, and, and people get it wrong. Like, I'm not hating on our, on our receivers. I think our guys are good. Uh, but when people tweet at me and saying George Pickens is a first round pick, oh it makes God. me laugh because Pickens, once again, I like the kid, but he's limited in what he can do. In my opinion, like I said, we'll get TK's opinion because he knows the position a little bit better. But when I watch him, he runs a great fade ball. And other than that, he just really disappears. I like Bird. I think he has some quickness. But you want to compare his quickness to the quickness of those receivers for Alabama? There's a huge gap. I mean, those dudes are on a different level. They're explosive. They can take a slant for 70-yard touchdown. There's no one on Georgia's team that you can throw a bubble, a slant, a quick hitch, and they're going to make a couple of dudes miss and take it to the house. That's not who we are offensively. We're a team in big games like this that is going to score around 30 points, and you hope our defense shows up and plays really well. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not hating on Georgia. I'm not hating on their offense. I'm just being realistic yes. about what their identity is and what they need to focus on if they want to win all the games the rest of the season until you can bring in guys with that quick twitch that can make you miss and take it to the house. This is an offense, like I said, that's going to be capped around 30 points when you play big-time football. All right, TK, I do want your thoughts on this. And I'll just say this to anybody. If you compare anybody's receiving core to Alabama's, it's an immediate uh, disadvantage because Alabama has the best receiving core in the country. It's not even close. Those are first-round talents. Aaron, you bring up a fantastic point. These Okay, George Pickens, I said it two weeks ago, is not A.J. Green. A.J. Green is the elite of the elite. He was a top-five pick in the NFL draft, okay? When you talk about aggressive receivers, Malcolm Mitchell comes to mind. Think about that Florida game, Aaron, where you threw him that hitch route. He ripped off the DB and then turned on the Jets and went. And then think about a versatile guy like TK. You see TK take the top off defenses. You see him running free downfield, going 80 yards to the house. But then you also see him coming across the middle, getting physical, and catching the ball away from DBs. Those are three receivers that we can think about that Georgia has had in the past that really aren't there right now. TK, tell me what your thoughts are on this receiving core. You know, bro, it's crazy. Because you look at a guy like George, and he's somebody that uh, people compare compare to Green, but he isn't like he isn't like AJ. But he's he's a, he's our number one. Yeah, we've got to find we've got to find ways to get it to him, bro. Um, he's not a quick twitch, fast guy like the Bama guys know. Um, do we have that? Um, I don't know. Um, I do like Jermaine Burton. Um, he's gotta he's gotta come down with balls though. Yeah. He's gotta get better. I don't know if it's him being young. Um, I don't know if it's um, you know, nerves. That was probably his the first big that was probably the biggest game he's ever played in his life. For sure. Uh, so I don't know if it's him being young, but I've seen the kid. Um tr- he trained with him. I've I've seen him do tremendous things. So I know I know the ability, I know the talents there. But like you said, bro, we've gotta find ways to compete out wide, man. Um it, it comes down to, to pride, really, bro. We had guys like Michael Bennett, um, Marlon Brown, Malcolm Mitchell, mm-hmm. Mal- Malcolm Mitchell mentioned. Everybody competed, and it was it was part of the group, bro. We made it. I think I tweeted about it. We made it up in our mind that we were going to make the offense go. And they've got guys that can contribute and play. Um, you've seen guys make plays. You've seen Kiaris Jackson make plays, mm-hmm. rip off, do special things. So it's there. You know what I'm saying? It might not be there, like obviously, like Alabama, like you said, comparing them to them is ridiculous. But we've we've got tools. We've got to find a way to make those tools work, and we've got to make the most of our opportunities, bro. Balls can't hit you right here, yep. and you not come down with it. So um, we we just got to be better out wide as a whole, and that starts from the top, obviously, um, recruiting. But what's there? Yeah, de- there. you got to develop it. Yeah. TK, I have a question. I mean, there was a, we, I was talking with someone, too, on Twitter, and I told him I'd bring this up with you. And, and he said, well, listen, the guys that we have on this roster were more highly recruited than the guys on Alabama's roster. And people always want to go back to recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. How many stars? How many stars? And I told him, like, listen, throw the stars away. As soon as you get I've seen plenty of oh, five stars show yeah. up and be complete bus. And I've seen plenty of two and three stars and kids that had no stars end up being superstars. Oh, I mean, wow. you look at the yeah. NFL draft of the year, there's so many guys that were not highly recruited. Um, you know, when you're looking at receivers, I mean, say if you're, 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 you're Tony Ball, put your Tony Ball cap on right now, and you're going out there recruiting kids. 
what are you looking for, one? And two, what would your message be to the, 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 the nice gentleman I was having a conversation with on Twitter about, well, you know, our guys were, you know, had more stars than Alabama's guys. You know, are we just recruiting the wrong type of person or are we just not developing the right way? I think I think obviously you guys can attest to this. Like you said, stars mean jack shit. They mean like, they mean nothing. Yes, nothing. <laughs> they, mean, they mean absolutely nothing. I've seen guys walk in the door and I'll be like, "Who the hell is that?" And then <laughs> them turn and is just the guy. So um, stars mean nothing first and foremost. Um, but bro, we got we we've got we again we've got a. We've got we've got guys in the building to do um, special things. We just we just have to we just have to find ways to get them to rock, bro. Again, do not do not compare Georgia's wide receivers to Alabama's. Don't do it. They're not even on the same field. The reason I compare. No, I know. I'm talking to our I'm talking to our listeners. People want to. Of course. People want that type of offense. Like yes. I said, they want. You know, don't even compare to LSU's receivers last year. I mean, those our first-round talent. When yes. people want to say Jordan Pickens is a first-round pick, you can't tell me after watching this weekend and saying that he's a first-round pick if you want to compare him to those receivers at Bama, to the receivers of LSU last year. Like, that. no, I'm sorry. Pickens is not a first-round pick. As a receiver, to jump to Georgia's defense, I got to get targets, fam. Yeah, you got to get the ball to him. I, I agree with you. I mean, you need at-bats. That's our guy. If he's our... Number one, if he's the guy that's going to be number one draft pick, a first rounder, we've got to get, we've got to throw at him. Yeah. But for some reason, but I mean, you, you call it one game, then okay, where'd he show up in one game? I mean, what, what Baylor the coaches? But the fact that, the fact that it's been four games now, yeah, this whole and season. really hasn't done much, maybe it isn't the coaches, maybe it's Pickens at the end of the day, because you can blame it on one game and the coach is not getting him the ball, but. You know, eventually you have to say maybe the coaches say that, listen, maybe he isn't the dude. Yeah. You know, and that's why we're not targeting. Because you would think these coaches are getting paid enough money by four games in, and Todd Munkin's a pretty good OC to say, okay, I need to get him the ball more. And the fact that he's not going to him is maybe telling us a lot more about what kind of player George Pickens is in my mind. I totally agree with you. TK, I need your thoughts on this because a lot of people were uh, were giving Aaron and I comments back about our initial George Pickens opinions because we said he's good at one route which is the fade go route that back shoulder fade and the go route is what George Pickens does best and that's how he gets the ball and how he gets open and people would say well that's the only route the coaches have him run well why do you think that okay they're not going to ask the receivers who don't run good inside routes who aren't good in the slot who can't do well in zone coverage to do the things they're not good at that's not how football coaching works Tell me, TK, if you're doing terrible in practice and you can't exactly get one route down, does the coach throw you out on the field and say, "Hey, go do it during game time"? No, you're not gonna be. You're not gonna be the guy, man. I mean, every week you run plays. Um, you got a first fifteen, obviously. Yeah. You run plays every. Those guys go through them. They see who can catch this slant. They see who can catch this fade. They see who can catch this corner. If you're not doing that, you're not gonna be the guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, that being said, like I saw, I saw us throw George a hitch route. Where he faked outside, went inside. He he's got the tools. Yes, he does. The, the tools yeah. there, bro. But like you said, Murray, obviously something's not clicking. Um, whether it be playbook or assignment, um, something's not clicking because 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 
they get paid a lot of money to not be throwing him the rock. I, well, I mean, if you look at the game plan, to me, I think they have more faith right now in Jackson and Bird. I mean, you saw a, a heavy emphasis in that football game yeah. to find ways to get Bird in the football, whether it's on jet sweeps, reverses, moving him around the slot on the outside. Like, to me, I think they're trying to build him to be their number one guy just based on kind of the, the, the plays I've seen these past two weeks. I mean, they kind of eased him in. He didn't play a lot the first couple games of the season. I know there's a lot of hype about him, and then you're starting to see more and more these past two games that he's playing a bigger role right now within this offense. I think that's, to me, when you look at the, the way it's going from Todd Monken, I, I think he thinks of, as, as, of him and Jackson as their two top guys. And right now, the based on the, the way the plays are going and the, and the, the catches and the targets – Piggins, in my mind, is the number three guy all of a sudden. Oh. So just based, I'm, just, I'm just saying, based, if you watch the film, no, yeah, and, and yes. the ways that Todd Munkin is getting the, the receivers involved, yes. the way he's game planning is we got to get Burn the ball, we got to find a way to get Jackson the football, and then I just don't see ways that they're trying to get Piggins the football. Speak, Aaron, Aaron, speak to how that jumped out to you when you watched the All-22 copy of the Georgia-Alabama game. Well, I, I just think when I watch the twenty people be like, oh, well, there were you know deep balls down the field that you know sets and miss. And yes, I agree. There's there's going to be those are such low percentage throws. You're not going to hit all of them. But if you watch every single snap and every pass play, those DBs for Alabama were all over our receivers down yeah. the football field. I mean, they played man to man coverage. They loaded the box and said, we're going to let you. If you want to win this football game, you better hit these deep balls because we're going to we're going to press you up. So, you know, obviously. Once again, I'm not I'm not defending Stetson. Stetson has to play better. If Stetson's the guy going forward, he has to be more accurate. And there's plenty of times where I watch the film too. He went to the wrong side based on coverage. You can just tell him the play development. So listen, for him too, this is his biggest game of his career. So the, the fact that people could expect a kid who is the fifth quarterback heading into camp to show up week four yep. and, and go toe-to-toe for Alabama and put up 40, 50 points – once again, I think it's completely unrealistic to expect that from him. Um, so I, this the defense had to play better. The defense didn't. Yep. Uh, we ran the ball well. I think I wish we would have run the ball a little bit more. But, yeah. you know, I, I just think, once again, like I said in my earlier tweet, this there's no unit on this offense, not one, that you can say this unit can win us football games against elite teams. There's not one unit. If, if, if they're playing Alabama, if they're playing Clemson, if they're playing Ohio State, that you said we have a chance offensively to win this game because of this position group. You're saying we're going to win this game because we're going to take care of it and we're going to be playing great defense. That's it. No unit to lead on that offense. I think it's I, I think it's fair too to sit here after that game and be hypercritical of some of these guys because we all know how much talent they have. Okay. Right. I mean, TK, you're sitting there going. You know how rawly talented George Pickens is, right? Like, you know how good these guys are. You want to talk about recruiting stars and XYZ? And we're talking as former players. After a game like that, because we've all been part of a game like that where it's built up and you get your ass kicked, okay? And it's okay for the coaches and your teammates to come to a guy like George Pickens and say, man, we need you. Step it the F up. We know how good you are. Bring it. I know Coach Bobo said that to you, Aaron. I know Coach Lilly said that to me. TK, I know Coach Rick said that to you. You hold each other accountable, and I think this is a big game for Georgia to look inside that locker room to Aaron's point. Who's going to step up? We don't have it right now. We do not have it on the offensive side of the ball. 
Who is going to step up and lead us into the second half of this season? Because it sucks that they're going to have to sit on this loss for an extra week. But Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's going to welcome Georgia and Lexington and say, let's go. Let's go. Because they're going to look at the blood and the water on the offensive side of the ball and say, we can stop these guys. They're saying the exact same thing Aaron just said. They do not have one unit on the offensive side of the ball that scares us. And that allows them to have a little bit extra juice on game day. I think we all sit here as former Georgia players and as former football players in general and say you got to hold each other accountable. You have to be able to lean on guys to step up in the big moments. Guys like Nick Chubb, guys like Sonny Michelle, guys like Roquan Smith who were game breakers on defense and sit there and go, we need one play, let me go out there and do it. I got it. Maybe it is Dewan Mathis. Okay, I, I'm sitting there watching the game. My phone is blowing up going, where's JT Daniels? I'm going, guys, I don't know, but Once nobody again, said anything uh, about him, so he must uh, still be hurt. You know well, what? That's another thing, too. Everyone wants to put JT in. And once again, go back to these coaches getting paid money. Something else must be going so on. So you think? Yeah. And JT could go in the football game. If they thought he was the better quarterback, he would have been in the football that's game. What I'm he saying. Do you think they're just holding him aside just to piss fans off? They <laughs> want to win these games. That's what drives me crazy about you know people who have not been in these locker rooms, people who don't understand what's going on. The players and coaches know who the best players are, especially, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah. And these coaches are purposely not putting JT Daniels in is just complete uh, stupidity to me. So if he's the better guy, he will get in. But the fact that it's been four games and he hasn't been in, maybe he's telling me something else is going on. That's right. TK, he has not been in for one snap. Georgia, fourth quarter against Arkansas, not a game. He could have gone in. Auburn, fourth quarter, not a game. He could have got one snap. Tennessee, they blew him out. It wasn't even a game. He didn't even go in. Something else is clearly going on, right, TK? Yeah, bro, something going on, bro. I'm at my daughter's game. Somebody was like, yo, all of this quarterback stuff, where's JT Daniels? I was like, yo, you know I haven't seen him. He, he could be in here. I know. I mean, seriously. I, I don't even know what he looked like. I know. It's just, um, there's just a lot of question marks. But Aaron, TK, you turn the ball over three times in one half. You don't put any points on the board. The defense is going to lose faith. The defense is going to get run down because they're on the field the entire second half. Alabama gets a couple of huge chunk yardage plays. The Jalen Waddle deep ball where he has such amazing body control when he's in the air. He kind of like sheds off the DB um, and Tyson Campbell fell down, right? It wasn't that Tyson Campbell on that play. Um, you know, everything went wrong in that second half. And then when there was a glimmer of hope, I mean the smallest glimmer of hope, and Kirby did the right thing and said, go kick the field goal so we can get down two scores with seven minutes left and maybe make something happen. Our boy Jack Pod Lesney misses a 34-yarder left, and the game was over. I mean, everybody was like, oh, game over. Down 17, Georgia not going to be able to beat Alabama. Tell me this, okay? And I drove to Charleston, South Carolina today with my wife, Alabama grad, Look, guys, it wasn't easy last night, okay? She's in my ear. I was right on punt and pass. You got to have me back on. My prediction was right, blah, 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 blah. I go, okay. I said, promise me this, Jackie. When Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship, I'm not going to do it to myself again. I'm not going to do it. Aaron, I told you on Thursday, this was Georgia's best shot to win the football game. If they didn't win yesterday, they might not beat Alabama for the next 15 years. I mean, until Saban either passes away or stops coaching, I can't put myself through that anymore. I don't want to look like an idiot. 
I love Georgia. I'll always root for them. But they have just continuously come up short in big moments against the Crimson Tide. I guess hopefully we'll get another shot in December. But I might just uh, TK. You can host punt and pass that week. I'll sit at home. I'll take it. I'll take the. I'll take the control. <laughs> I mean, listen. It, there's no guarantee um, that that obviously you get the second the, the rematch. I mean, that's that was so. Yes. Uh, that's why this past weekend was yes. so important. I mean, you gotta beat them, beat them because you just you don't know. This is a weird year. I know Florida lost. Uh, you know, two weekends ago they had the weekend off because of all the COVID issues and. Hopefully Coach Mullen's okay. I saw he, um, you know, obviously he got tested positive for, for COVID. But, yeah. you know, you, that game, that, that's going to be a great game versus Florida. So you can't put all your eggs in the basket thinking that you're going to win that game and then you're going to get your rematch versus Alabama. This was an important football game. You had momentum. We're like, I, like we talked about last week, or, you know, heading into the game on Thursday, you know, Georgia had more, more momentum in my mind than Alabama did. I thought Alabama was real a little bit. I think they lost their identity on the defensive side of the football. They weren't sure if they were an elite team where Georgia was, like I said, they were playing really well and had some great wins. So, um, I mean, it's back to the drawing board. Obviously, yeah, it really you look is. At first Tennessee, and that was a great win. And then Tennessee goes and gets their butt. I know. Like, so, I know. You know, what I said, the best way to I mean, one of the best wins this year, or the best win for Georgia at the moment, because Auburn sucks, is Arkansas. I just said it 20 minutes ago. I just yeah, said that 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm giving you credit for it. But the fact, going back to the, again to the Dewan issue, our best win was against Arkansas, and you gave the kid one quarter to try yeah, to make it happen. I agree so, with you. I right, man. I that too, bro. He, he was in he was in a crap situations the yeah. whole game, the Arkansas game. I All right, TK. As a locker room leader, let's wrap this thing up. What do you tell the guys this bye week, Aaron? What do you, what do you say? I mean, nobody's going to listen to the punter. Uh, well, Jake's actually having a really good season, so he might be able to speak up. Yeah, I would have sp- I would have spoken up. You know me, TK. Hey, I'd have got hey, in there and said something. I said, "Let's my, go, my guys." Boy, my boy Drew speak that real. Yeah, I mean, what what's what's the message? Give a message to the team, then give a message to the fans, TK. Well, man, look, this is the beautiful thing. We we our destiny is still in front of us. Yes, we st- we're still in control of everything. We're still in control of our destiny. So we can only do one thing, and that's get better, bro. We can only get better. All all these things that those guys are hearing from guys like us, yeah. Like we have to be better out wide. They need to take that to heart. Yeah, we have to be better out wide, and things like that. You got to take it personal. Yeah, you got a little personal. You know what I'm saying? Because that's gonna make you better. And when you make yourself better, you make your unit better. So guys have to be guys have to be on point, um, and uh, that that's to a man. Ol, dl, yep. uh, that secondary. I'm sure they they have some things that they got to get get straightened out back there. So that's to a man, but especially my guy. Yeah. So uh, I look, I agree with you. Aaron and I told this story the other week. It, it's okay to be held accountable. TK, you remember when Thomas Davis came in the locker room before the 2010 Tennessee game and cussed cussed our entire oh. team out ten minutes before kickoff and said we sucked. We were soft, and we were sorry, and that he was embarrassed to be a Georgia alumni. And we went out there, and we won 41-10. Yeah, we put it on him. Had to. Had to. Oh, I know. Aaron, same question. Tell me something for the team, something for the fans. I think the biggest thing is, you know, uh, ignore the outside. I think right now there's going to be a lot of chirping about this game. And and you said it, Drew. I mean, there's two weeks now to, to hear all the negativity uh, to hear the fact that you blew it once again versus Alabama in the second half, the fact that your offense stinks, your quarterback stinks, your receivers aren't great, your DBs are overrated, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's all going to be negativity for the next two weeks until you go out there and, and are able to prove it again. So to me, the message would be, boys, 
we know what we have in this locker room. We know we don't, we know we're not perfect. We know we have work to do and let's just get to work and ignore all the outside noise because we know what we know. And we know that we're grinding away. We know that we have a chance still. And and we just got to take it day by day right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. And you know what? The best thing, and Aaron, you you and I have said this over the past three years, Kirby Smart coach football teams get better. They are much better in week 10 than they were in week two. Quarterbacks got to get better. They just got to find a guy. And if it's Stetson, we're going to find out. And if it's JT, wherever he's at, we'll find out. Will Dewan get another shot? I don't know, but they need to find an identity. With the freshman and Carson Beck, yeah. maybe starting. I mean, who knows? I tell you who what, knows? I like Carson at that scrimmage. I told you, he, yeah. he was the most... If all the quarterbacks, he was going against a number two unit, but he was the most impressive. I'm not starting a campaign yes. to start Carson. I'm just saying they just – at the end of the day, too, you, know, you can't have a quarterback carousel. Like no. you got to make a decision at some point For this sure. week. Like you said, we're going to stick with Stetson or we're going to give someone else a chance. This is too short of a season yep. to be going back and forth. And, 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 and you know, us quarterbacks are sensitive creatures. Yep. You can't play with our emotions like that. So pick one, stick with them. Uh, and, and then just finish the season off and see what happens. No, I agree. Look, man, and there's still a lot of positive out there. We've, we've all said that Georgia's got everything in front of them, got to regroup, got to find that identity. I really like what Todd Munkin's doing. They've got the horses in the stable. It's just time to find that identity, rally the crew, beat Kentucky, and then gear up for that Florida game because that's really going to decide if you're going to be competing for a college football playoff spot. And believe it when I say, I think everybody in that locker room and in that building believes that they are one of the best four teams in the country. So that's the most important thing. But, um, hey, look, guys, it is what it is. We're, we're, we're losers after the Alabama game once again. But we'll see what happens when the season is over. Aaron, you had a great week, 3-2 and two on pump pass and pick. You're now 4-0 and oh on your locks. I had a terrible week. I, uh, I went 2-3. and three. My flip the field free pick lost. I told you that Tech was going to keep it close. Yeah, Tech got I 60 hung on him so. in the first half. Do you think Jeff Collins' wife still loves him after that? I mean, that's yeah, bad, bro. No, he may be just, he may have to quarantine himself. Get <laughs> yeah, that just get away even without the That's bad, bro. All right, TK, we love you, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye, Special bro. episode. I hope everybody really enjoyed it as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler Aaron's at Aaron Marie 11. TK is at TK Unodos. Head on over to puntandpass.com and we will talk to you later on this week. See you.